The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. She's into anal. Hello, ladies. You see? Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. Go ahead, Eric. You see, normally this would be the time where I'd unzip. But how can you unzip when you're not wearing any pants? <laughs> Good evening. Welcome to the kickoff. You're going to be damn sure this won't be a family show. <laughs> it's episode all 69. I'm gonna say is, all I'm going to say is I invited one of my new Dynasty Football League mates to listen to the show tonight, and I forgot it was episode 69. So, yeah, Chuck, um, I'm sorry, but we're usually more behaved than this. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> No, 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 no. Allow me, Sasha. I know you're listening because I will send you the link when I'm finished. You picked the perfect first episode. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I'm going to respond to both of these. Uh, Jason, no. No, the fuck we're not. <laughs> Eric, banner, banner, banner. Good evening, afternoon, late evening, ladies, whenever you choose to listen to the show. And welcome to the kickoff, episode 69. You knew we were going to do something stupid for this one. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Although, for tonight's episode, I am Harry hung like a horse, Broadhurst. Introducing my co-hosts, LL Cool E. Eric Watkins. <laughs> the spider maning bull, if you're really in the know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. No, I'm just... just no, no. <laughs> the bound to a chairman, Jason Teasley. Why am I bound to a chair? I mean, you know... <laughs> I I, 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 I I think uh, Harry's into some uh, kinky stuff. I didn't say <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. I'm already I already eliminated one chairman this week. Do I need to do? do I need to go on another another Shut hunt? Up. Well, we have to put the ball gag in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're completely off the. Oh, of course we are. We're never on the rails. Yeah, really. The destroyed. That's fair. Bisco, I need help with yours, because yours doesn't actually lend it to anything. I've got nothing, but all I've got to ask you, Harry, is how long were you waiting to pull out the Val Venus? <laughs> um, I'll be honest with you. I did a wrestling trivia night last night at a, uh, at a local establishment. And... His music came up in the theme songs round, and I'm like, well, shit, I kind of have to, don't I? Perfect timing, I guess. Indeed. I mean, it could have been worse. I could have made a Ryan Shamrock joke that, like, oh, six people. God damn it. No. Just, just no. <laughs> I need her ass. 
So the irony of this is, is we're having episode 69 here. And of course, what segment do we always open with? That's right, baby. It's time for studs and studs. <laughs> Eric, we're not just talking about me and these three <laughs> others here. These time. When y'all, when y'all get on my level and do the, some of the things I've done on camera, then you can talk. <laughs> Manyvids.com if you're interested. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Can hey, you- if I get my way, I'll actually be starting up my it's own show, Eric. <laughs> All right. My actual dud, the man, the uh, man. Uh, we, we, are we skipping over studs, Eric? Look, like I said, my mind, I've been juggling about three chats. I've been setting up different stuff for all year. But, I mean, really, we all know he's a stud. The man, the myth, the growing legend, one smoking Joe Burrow. But not good, en- not good enough that you go 15-0, and 0, only, what, the fourth team ever to do that? Not just that you break a record with 60 touchdown passes. What do you do? To cap off a national championship after throwing for five TDs and 463 yards Ooh. and Ooh. running for another Ooh. touchdown. I know, I know, I know, I know. You stop the wet bandits from breaking into your house and also prevent them from getting a hold of you in New York City. That too. <laughs> oh. you, you, off you guys do not get Macaulay Calk and Joe Burrows look-alike, Connor. Look-alike joke. I, I'm I disappointed. I just that looks, looks nothing like Macaulay Culkin. I'm sorry, I never saw that. I <laughs> just want to state for the record that I'm pissed they pulled the first two Home Alones from Disney Plus. But anyway, um, can I take a venture as to a guess of what Mr. Burrow did? Well, not only do you get a legit couple hundred dollar handshake from OBJ, <laughs> but you sit back, yep. you kick back in a chair, you put your feet up. You smoke a cigar, and Joe, if you're willing to come out and say it's a blunt that just adds to your pimp status, no judgment whatsoever except good ones. And then it's like, yeah, I'm fucking off to the NFL. Deuces. <laughs> Which is, I think, why he threw out the fact that OBJ was throwing around real cheddar after the game. Because what the fuck does Joe Burrow care? Yeah, really. Exactly. I mean, especially at this point, considering, you know, what are the NCAA going to do to him? Ah, uh, Jason Stud. My stud is um, going to dovetail into my dud later on. Um, and as a collective, I have a stud. I you have to give to the Kansas City Chiefs their due diligence. Down 24 to nothing, came back. Mahomes put that team on his back. <clears throat> Him and Kelsey lit a lit that Houston defense up. Even though Houston was playing not to lose after going up 24 rather than win, Kansas City became on fire, and, and they, they proved that they're a legitimate threat. And um, when I get to my dad, I'm... It's going to sting a little bit. Actually, it's going to sting a lot. Kind of, uh, 
kind of hurts a little bit to have to give Kansas City credit for anything, knowing who's also a part of this particular network. I mean, I don't well, know that, though. That 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 that'll 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 tell in the my dud. So just just we'll 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 cross that bridge when we get there. Very well. So a little foreshadow. A little foreshadowing. Brandon Stud. My stud for this week is one Devontae Adams who absolutely went on a tear against Seattle in Green Bay's win, receiving 160 yards and two touchdowns to help the Packers make the NFC Championship game. Um, we have been long established about our hatred of the Patriots on this show. Not uh-huh. a single one of us, them. not a single one of us are fans of them. I'm stuck in a division with them. Jason but, and I can, uh, can say that our team is one of only a few to beat them in the Super Bowl. Twice, but, twice I might add. But this is correct. But Just saying. Sorry. The one thing that I do have to give New England credit for is traditionally, traditionally, their coaching staff is the most well-prepared in the NFL. That is until you have my stud for the first two weeks of the playoffs, Mike Vrabel out hoodie the hoodie wild card weekend. In a tactic that Belichick himself used earlier in the season, Vrabel's team had a series of delay of games and false starts to keep a running clock in the fourth quarter that cost almost two minutes to run off before New England got the football back at the end of the game. A deep punt downed at the three, and a pick six later, the Tennessee Titans had knocked Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots out of the playoffs in Wild Card Weekend, marking New England's earliest playoff exit since, I believe this is correct, Eric will fact-check me if it's not, 2009. You're absolutely correct. The last time they participated in Wild Card Weekend, they lost to the Ravens, and this will be the first time that they are not in the AFC Championship game since 2010. And I just want to point out as a two honorable mentions for studs uh, to go along with that. Uh, Henry Tannehill and Tannehill and Derrick Henry have been on a tear this playoff season. No, they haven't. Derrick Henry. Highest single season or highest single postseason rushing average with a minimum of two games ever. First player to have 180 rushing yards in three straight games. First in the playoffs to have back to back 150 yard games since Le'Veon Bell and only the fifth ever. Tannehill has not been on a tear. As a matter of fact, the Titans are only the third team ever in the first since the 1974 Pittsburgh Steelers to have back-to-back postseason wins while throwing for less than 100 yards. But your quarterback is your game manager, and you took down two of the top defenses in the NFL on your way to the AFC Championship. 
not only two of the top defenses here, but let's look at the names on Tannehill's hit list for these first two weeks. It's Tom Brady. It's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he may not have had standout performances in those games, but he did enough for the defense and Derrick Henry to put them into the position that they needed to be in to win those games. Absolutely. Plus, you have a chance to do really what no team has done before. Four straight division champions. And if they pull that off, they have a crack at a fifth. How, how, how many people do you think, if, if Tannehill does manage to bring them all the way to the Super Bowl and, and they win the Super Bowl and everything, how many people do you think are going to be like, oh, it was all the defense, it was all Derrick Henry, you know, not giving any credit to Tannehill? I mean, in fairness, Tannehill played a minor role here. I would imagine they'd have probably had similar levels of success with Mariota under center. Mm-hmm. All, all you have to do is not fuck up. Yeah. Speaking of fucking up, I'm going to go ahead and go first here in Dutch because it's an immediate segue. Segway. Oh, boy. Wild card weekend stung. We'll talk more about our team season a little bit later on in the year, probably during Pro Bowl weekend. Eric and I discussed the idea here, and I think I am going to run with it. Um, the eulogy for a season, I think I called it in the group chat, Eric. For a season. Requiem for a season. That was it. Yeah. But that'll be happening Pro Bowl weekend because there won't be a whole lot else to discuss because God knows I don't give a fuck about the Pro Bowl. Anyway, there was a lot of improvement from year one to year two from Josh Allen in Buffalo. The problem is is that stupid Josh still showed up a couple of times in the postseason and at the most inopportune times for stupid Josh to show up. Hey, hey, real quick, Harry. I've got one of these 24-hour clocks, and it's... I, it's acting up. Can you explain to me why it's stuck on 2219? I, I can't figure that out. I'll tell you what. You figure out why mine is stuck on 511, we'll talk. <laughs> I mean, eh, 1003 isn't a bad time either. But then again, it's always Mahomes' time, so <laughs> I can't uh, uh, Somebody's going to dick punch you and I'm going to laugh. Anyway. Back to my fit. I do have um, a new. I do not have a noose ready, so that's all I want to say. Oh no, I can't make Mass angry. <laughs> oh, views and opinions of Eric and Jason do not necessarily that fuck it. Anyway, <laughs> back to my Josh Allen thing here. Um, the fumble is absolutely inexcusable. He literally dropped the fucking ball and forgot it. The backwards lateral was fucking stupid. Yes, he got away with it because he got the ball back towards a teammate who was able to swat it backwards out of bounds, therefore making it legal. However, do you know how many different ways that could have gone wrong? Look, I mean... Backwards laterals in Buffalo playoff history do not you go well. shut up right now. <laughs> no, I will kick you the fuck off this show right here, right now. 
I mean, Not field goal kicks in Buffalo aren't oh. exactly um, all that good either. Well, I mean, it is a dirty miracle. There will be a new host of the show next year. Good luck, assholes. <laughs> anyway, so while I appreciate the progress that Josh has made in year two, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in year three, hopefully with a downfield threat wide receiver for him to hit the ball to. For almost completely choking away the game in the fourth quarter before we even got it to overtime, Josh, you are my dud. Eric, fuck off, but answer the question anyway. Did did I or did I not basically call that when we were predicting that game because I basically said it was going to be Josh Allen's inexperience that was going to screw them. Brandon, don't be a Robert Taylor. Eric, answer the question. <laughs> Which question? Dud. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I don't like that. I don't think any of us really liked that. Kirk Cousins. All of this, the 1 o'clock games and this and that, and you thinking you're fooling everybody. No, you really didn't. You got lucky, and then that luck ran out the damn window against an actual good quarterback and a good team in San Francisco. You really think that people would stop accusing you of stealing $84 million from the Minnesota Vikings? Come on now. Let's be real. And no, Lizzo was not talking about you and their song. Her song. A, what the fuck is a Lizzo? B... I know who Lizzo is. Don't bother wasting your time telling me. I still don't care. (laughs) B, fun fact for you, Eric. I actually looked this up on profootballreference.com. You ready for this step? Yes. 11-27-1. Kirk Cousins' career record is starting quarterback on a game that doesn't start at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. He don't like that. He don't like that at all. Nope. <laughs> Brandon, dud. My dud for this week is the Baltimore Ravens. After having this outstanding season... The... Oh, yeah, go ahead. You're good. Never mind. Uh, Sorry. After having this outstanding season and Lamar Jackson getting all these accolades... Breaking the record for most rushing yards in a season by a quarterback. You know, getting MVP, more than likely becoming the MVP this year. You struggle incredibly mightily against the Titans, who are just over 500. How does that work? Well, when you're the first team to go, what is it now, four straight years of nine and seven? Eh. Turns out nine and seven was good enough this year in the AFC, and now it's good enough for an AFC championship game mm-hmm. appearance. I think this definitely showed Jackson, Jackson's and the rest of the Ravens' inexperience and youth and... Either this will be a good learning experience for them and they will come back stronger than ever next year and they will be a legitimate threat or it's going to be like the Nationals where this was their one opportunity and they blew it. 
I don't think so. I mean, if you look at it, on the whole, Jackson didn't have a bad game. He still put up monster numbers. Yes, the two interceptions were his fault, but this is what happens when you've got an offense tailored to your strengths, but you still wind up having to throw it 59 times. You're not ready for that yet. Very few quarterbacks are. Even fewer when you get to the playoffs. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. The thing with Lamar Jackson, too, though, is although now that you guys have compared him, I now want to see a crying Lamar Jackson meme. <laughs> just because I think it would be funny. But the thing with Jackson is people have to realize is he's only in like his third year as mm-hmm. an NFL quarterback. There's still plenty of room for him to grow. I do think he runs too much for a quarterback. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, but I mean, to be fair it's to him, thing. he has done a lot better at throwing the ball and and yeah, building on year, his yeah. throwing ability. This year, yes. However, my problem is, and it's the same problem I have with Josh Allen in Buffalo, is we've seen it time and time and time again. Running quarterbacks get hurt in the NFL. Well, it's it, it's a. It's a situation, and we've seen it on both sides of the coin. It's an adapt or perish type role where either you adapt and you only use your legs when you absolutely need to, like a Russell Wilson. I mean, Mahomes has done a much better job at this as well. They use it more as a threat, more more so than their primary focus. Or you do end up getting injured and your career gets cut short or you struggle later on in your career, a la Cam Newton, RG3, the list goes on and on. Right. Not to mention, you're going to see more quarterbacks with a lot more mobility and running because have you seen the way offensive lines worked in college? Have you seen what the rules have done as far as off-season training don't to offensive line play here in the NFL. That's going to be a major factor. Plus, running quarterbacks do run a lot more early in their careers than later. Mm -hmm. We saw that with Michael Vick. We saw that even going back to Randall Cunningham, his difference between when he was leading the Eagles to when he was leading that vaunted, at the time, Vikings offense. Once you get more developed in a system... You do become more like a Russell it, Wilson. You it, scramble and you move them in place. Even Donovan McNabb was that way as well. Exactly. And the fact that this is a system built from the ground up through Greg Roman for Lamar Jackson, just like I mentioned, his first offseason to his second, or now going into this into his third year, he's going to continue to develop as a passer this is going to help matters. So this, now he knows how it is to be under fire. He'll continue to work on these things. And I'm sure that they will watch this tape ad nauseum throughout the off season of this game against Tennessee and see what they did right, what they did wrong and how they need to improve in order to make a run next season. All right, let's, let's move on here. Jason, you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. Got kind of quiet during the Lamar Jackson discussion. Real quick, do you want to give your thoughts on what you think his future is in the NFL? I mean, I think he's got a hell of a bright future. I mean, but 
I think he's still got growing to do, and I think he actually needs a legit wide receiver one uh, instead of, you know, possession receivers or streaking home run hitters a la Hollywood. But I think if he gets a legit wide receiver one in that offense, um, yeah, I think he's going to be – He's tapped to have a bright future. I think it's just the fact that he's got to grow. He's got to get that wide receiver that he can go to and rely on. He's, uh, Mark Andrews is a great tight end, a safety valve for him. Uh, he did play. He did play hurt. Uh, he was having some some injury issues throughout the um, throughout the game Sunday, but I. It's just one of those the, those games that, you know, you see uh, Lamar's weakness, but you see where he can grow as a player. I don't think that they relied enough on Mark Ingram that they, they should have. I think they could have went with their three-headed monster at running back to tire the defense out and maybe control the ball more like Tennessee did with um, – Derrick Henry, Derrick, they ran Derrick Henry down the, their throw in the fourth quarter. That defense was just gassed. So he's got a bright future. I think he's just got to develop and grow and become a student of the game. All right, and now you're done. All right. This one's going to sting a little bit. My dud is myself. Um, as I'm saying this, I'm going to take the full brunt of my shenanigans, I gave Robert Taylor hell. I was giving him so much hell in our group chat. Uh, I was making fun of the the Chiefs and everything, and it was all premature. So my dad is the chairman of W2M, and that would be me because I had zero faith that Mahomes could come back and lead that team to a victory after being down 24 nothing. But I was wrong. I accept that, and I'll I'll own it. So what you're se- saying is you celebrate you you suffered from a case of premature celebration. Yeah, and she and she was very disappointed. But hey, I'm more I'm more about forty yard sprints than I am about marathons. And I'm sure, like she told you, don't worry, it happens to a lots of people. <laughs> Hey, what are you talking about? I'm married, so my favorite sexual position is me on top, woman on computer screen. (laughs) His favorite sexual position is any. (laughs) Yeah, I'm married. We have hallway sex. We pass each other and say, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Still one of my favorite jokes. Um, Have you guys ever heard the one about the utterly couple in the sheer outfit? But, I mean, if that game was just historic on so many levels, with all of the firsts that we've seen with these playoffs, yeah, it was the first time in the playoffs a team has ever won a game by 20 points after trailing by 20 points. Plus, the first time since, if I remember this correctly, 1940. When the Bears beat the redacted seventy-three to nothing in the NFL championship game, 
that a team has scored on seven, uh, scored a touchdown on seven consecutive possessions in the postseason. Yeah, I will say this much about the Kansas City offense, and then we'll move on from this game here because we do have other topics to get to. Um, what was it? Eight scores in 11 possessions, and that's one of those possessions was a halftime kneel down? Correct. That's that's an incredible stat. Like, that is that's offensive been... efficiency. That is yeah, the... but that's a bad foreshadowing for next week, and I'll get to that later. Hold on. Hold on. Dun, dun, dun. Extra dramatic reverb. <laughs> Ooh, he's bringing the extra dramatic. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I'm warning Robert right now, you're going to hate me, but these are true statistics you can look up yourself. Okay, Eric. Mm-hmm. Making its return after a week away. So, that happened. All right. We all know that it was at the end of the NFL regular season, Black Monday. There was a little bit of a coaching carousel going around around in the NFL, yes? Yes. Yes. But it was nothing like what's happened in college. Now, of course, everybody's going to talk about Matt Rule leaving, what's going on with LSU, this and that. But that's not my favorite. No. There's a certain pirate who got a raw deal in the middle of Texas, went up and found a cozy little haven having all kinds of weird quarterback meetings and telling stories in the Pacific Northwest. But just like the autumn wind moves, so does that pirate taking the call, hearkening his way south. As if the SEC didn't get interesting enough with the return of Lane Kiffin. (laughs) (laughs) Try that again, good sir. Is it if CC didn't get interesting enough with the lane train returning, this time making a stop in Oxford? Thank you. Continue. There you go. Right across in the other side of the egg bowl, the lane train will be staring across that pirate. Land versus sea as Mike Leach is now the head coach at Mississippi State. Now, granted, Washington State got themselves a very good replacement in Nick Rolovich out of Hawaii. So that's going to keep going. But um, I'm going to have to pay a little attention, just a bit more, to Harry's conference this upcoming season. Well, but at the same time, though, that particular conference that you mentioned lost a key person as well. As it just came out today, that LSU, the LSU defensive coordinator, is leaving the Tigers after the national championship and becoming the new head coach in Jason's conference at Baylor. True, but the bigger move with LSU was Joe Brady going to join the old Baylor head coach, Matt Rule, and be the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. 
does kind of suck that they're going to have to replace several of their key coaches coming right off of a national championship. The disadvantage that's being good. That's what national champions do. Look at Nick Saban. All right, Jason. So that happened. So that happened. Well, what do you do when you're a controversial, over-the-hill, ex-NFL wide receiver? Naturally, when a new league pops up, you want to be a part of it. Correct? Yep. You would typically think that they might want to try out, you know, maybe coaching staff. Or their natural position. Nope. Oh, Chad Ochocinco wants to be a kicker in the XFL. <laughs> Still trying I to live out his uh, his soccer fantasy. Sport. Now, let let that sink in. A kicker in the XFL from an over the hill, washed up former NFL prima donna wide receiver. Hold on, Jason. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the same XFL that won't have extra point kicks, correct? Yes, this, uh, we was getting to that. We we <laughs> was we was getting to that. So the 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 only reason you're going to be on a field, and you know, this is being debated that you know not only in the XFL but the NFL has rumblings. But they might be getting rid of kickers altogether. Huh. I don't think that so, would happen because you'd still have field goals. Um no. They're they're talking about getting rid of the kickers. This has been a proposed thing that has started catching traction that you they're going for player safety and you will go for it on fourth down. Or, you know, basically, you're going to have punters, but that's it. And there is restrictions. I think what I read is there is restrictions on when you can punt. So, yeah, and they're saying they're deeming it for player safety. Is why they're looking into getting rid of kickers and punters. Wouldn't that reduce player safety, though? Because then you don't have that extra play you can take off? Well, they're looking at it as a player, a stationary player having people running at at them full speed. And as we've seen over the weekend, uh, you know, over the playoff games, some players and Referees don't know what a fair catch signal is or a, you know, player giving themselves up signal is. So that was pointed to, uh, we, we, I, I heard the sigh, and I'm sure that you want to chime in on that. So, yeah, um, so you want to go to a league that may not have kickers to, yeah, way to go, Ocho, good job. Okay, first of all, it's not that ridiculous, and second of all, why don't the why doesn't the NFL and the XFL take a rule from the A7FL that plays up in the Baltimore, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania areas for kickoffs and punts? Now they do this three on one. 
However, since taking into account the full width of the field and proper ratios, four on one, the kicking team would only have four players on the field, one returner. That way, fewer players, and you would only have to get by a few guys for a touchdown. Plus, with the different rules, yes, you could bring back coffin corners, and there are further rules that the A7FL has on kickoffs. You could implement something like that. And if you really want to make extra points interesting, you could try my idea that I have been kicking around, no pun intended, and I really wanted to avoid that. But Make extra points from a certain distance, but just one-on-one. Your kicker, or in my case, punter, since it would be a drop kick, one person attempting to block all you need. Make, miss, what have you. I see several flaws with that system, but mm-hmm. not enough time to discuss right now since we're already running a little bit slow just because of the fact that we had the extended studs and duds conversation. I'll discuss them with you off air. We'll possibly bring them on air next week, Eric. Sure. All right. Brandon, so yeah. that happened. So the um, self-destruction of Odell Beckham Jr. continues. OBJ has been charged with assault after, I guess, some sort of altercation in the locker room with uh, Louisiana. I, I this. What? He smacked a security guard on the ass. Yeah. Police officer. Legit police officer? I saw that it was a security yeah, guard. Yeah, I saw that it was a security guard as well. No, because they were looking into it in the state code of Louisiana. It was a police officer. It was originally a sexual assault as the case was brought up, but the judge declined. That is why he's officially being charged with simple battery. Okay, it was simple battery, correct. Which is a misdemeanor, technically, but still ridiculous in and of itself. And especially when you tie in the other thing that we discussed that Odell Beckham Jr. did at the game, knowingly putting his university at risk for doing something that's stupid. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I don't know if the Maras and Gettleman knew something, but that was probably one of the best decisions they could have ever made, allowing OBJ to walk. I mean, look, first of all, can you really prove that the money was real or fake? Aside from what Smoke and Joe himself said. Plus, again, if you as the NC2A who sold your control in essence for actually declaring a top-level national champion to the old BCS, if you're really going to sanction tournaments for graduating senior basketball players who can play three-on-three and the winning team gets ten grand. Having these players who are already out of eligibility and are going pro, they get a few hundred bucks. You're going to do something about that? Are you really going to keep digging that hypocritical grave? I mean, it is the NCAA, especially after all of the things that have happened over the last year and a half with, you know, the the court decisions and states saying that we're going to allow players to get paid and all of this. 
yeah, I could see them trying to do something to with this to try to hold on to what shred of control they have over football left. Jason, do you have any comments about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and his descent into madness over the course of the last couple of weeks? <sighs> no, he's a bum. I mean, he's I, I liked him. Um and then when the whole boat incident happened and then, you know, he gets he gets traded and, and then he said he's so glad to be out in New York because he's going to be with a better quarterback than he ever was with Eli. And then immediately throws Baker under the bus. With the first chance he got um, throws the Browns front office going to teams and saying, uh, come get me. You know, <clears throat> he's got all the talent in the world. He, he's Terrell Owens 2.0 now to me. Um, uh, he's a tremendous athlete. He's just a head case. He does anything for attention, and he'll do anything to try to be relevant outside the field, positive or negative. And so, honestly, I, I think Goodell's going to come down hard on him for something like this. He has to. I mean, he has to – set that precedent so what you're saying is guys we have another antonio brown thing <laughs> yep pretty and much it, and an extra little squid bit louisiana statute 14.34.2 individuals guilty of simple battery of a police officer shall be fined not more than 500 dollars and imprisoned not less than 15 days nor more than six months without benefit of suspension of sentence Granted, I know he'll have a good lawyer, but that's still a little something to chew on. Yeah, he he probably gets hit with a fine for the slap to the buttocks in order to pay off the family, and then the whole thing disappears. Why? Because when you're famous, that's the kind of stuff that happens when you do stupid shit like that when you're drunk. Yep. Real oh, quick. In state. Real quick, before we get to my so that happened, because I feel like we can't ignore this Antonio Brown thing here, just because this is a football show. He's technically a football personality, although in the loosest of terms at this point. The Instagram video. Get some fucking help, Antonio. Like, it's not funny at all. Ever. Go see a doctor. Go see a psychiatrist. Go see a psychologist. Get your ass on some medication and get your life together before we end up reading about you in the evening newspaper that you done did something stupid. Yeah, because, I mean, good on the Hollywood Police Department for pretty much disowning him and cutting ties with him from the Police Athletic League. And really, for everybody that talks shit about Drew Rosenhaus, he even told Antonio... I'm not going to work with you. I'm not going to be your agent until you get help. Plain there are two there are two types of people that I traditionally don't respect. Scuzzbag lawyers and sports agents. Drew Rosenhaus gained a modicum of respect in my eyes based on the statement that he released, stating that he would no longer take advantage of Antonio Brown's mental condition until Antonio got help for himself. He is walking away. All right, now for my actual so that happened. Speaking of walking away, 
Segway. Holy shit, guys. Luke Keekley retired. Making my idea the A11 fell seem more and more and more likely. Roger, I, will, I nearly flew to New York once. Fly me up there. I can make a presentation, give you an elevator pitch. That way you won't have to worry about these retirements. I'm just saying. 29 years old. Seven years in the NFL. And I thought Luke of he, eight years. I missed most of <laughs> missed missed most of one of those years due to injury. Mm. And he's like deuces. It's an epidemic in the modern NFL. It happened with Andrew Luck before the season. It happened with who was the one for Buffalo mid game last year? Monte Davis. Thank you. <laughs> you have Luke Keekley here. Guys who have just decided, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. There's the game's to the point where it's not fun to play. I don't feel like I can participate at the level I need to be able to participate in order to stay healthy playing the game. And with all the rule changes that affect the defenses here, especially, you're going to see more and more of these defensive standouts being like, you know what? This shit ain't worth it. And especially the fact he led the league in tackles during the time span of his career. 1,062. And the man has is made on the order of $63 million. Well, Luke, I, Matt, respect and enjoy your life. <laughs> I think that's another thing, too, that you have to take into consideration. What Harry said about the rule changes, you know, these defensive players are putting their bodies on the line and then getting, getting fined for physically impossible feats. So... It's hurting their wallet as well. So it, they're basically saying, you know what? Why am I bothering to do this when I can go coach? When I can go commentate? When I can do anything else in the game that'll pay me maybe a little bit less, but I don't have to worry about getting fined, you know, $20,000 for something that I physically could not control. No fines, no physicality. Yeah. Jason, your thoughts on Keekley's retirement? We have lost another great white height in the NFL. Another white man has fallen by the wayside. For this, I am truly saddened. But in all seriousness, I think I think um, it's it's truly sad. I mean, he has his whole life ahead of him. But I think it's the Andrew Luck thing that opened up a lot of doors that <clears throat> there's when you sustain so many injuries over such a short amount of time, you have to think of your your life outside of football. And I think that's what Keekley is doing. He's he's still reasonably young. He has his whole life in front of him and he doesn't want to be punch drunk or crippled. Uh, extreme arthritis setting in and you know he wants to be able to enjoy life rather than you know be gimped up in one way or another that's probably not PC to say but anyway no um, it's episode 69 you're good 
Yeah, yeah, we okay. don't care at this um, point. Like he was wearing a full leather suit, anyways. Those Stop days, I was, I, I was waiting, I was waiting for Eric to chime in. But no, seriously, uh, I, I think that players are now becoming more self-aware of their bodies, and mm-hmm. they're told that that um, the, that playing such a violent sport is taking on, taken. Uh, you're going to see a, a lot more people follow this trend. Uh, especially after ACL injuries, MCL injuries, uh, severe breaks, you're going to see you're going to see careers become shorter and shorter, and you're going to Can see I, a high turnover rate in the NFL. Apologies if anybody else had something to say immediately after that, but something that came to mind as soon as he said that here is, you know what Luke Keekley is thinking? Luke Keekley is thinking, I don't want to play this game long enough to turn into Antonio Brown. Exactly. Not to mention, even going to what Jason said, aside from the whole CTE aspect, you look at a a certain quarterback who I shall not name with a certain method that I shall not name. And he and his avocado ice cream can go fuck themselves. You have other quarterbacks like Russell Wilson who spend one and a half million dollars a year taking care of their bodies. It's not like this game was decades ago, which was more violent. The guys in the offseason, they had other jobs. They did other things. You could see guys before a Super Bowl in a locker room smoking a cigarette before they head out onto the field. Everything has become so much more nuanced, so much more education on nutrition, optimal exercising, hydration, all of these things that if you're not really willing to keep up year after year after year, you realize it's better to just say, I'm done. Because even one season of football, one, your body is asked to do things that it is not really used to, not really meant to do repeatedly. That takes time off of your life regardless. Mm-hmm. That I think we're muscles regardless. So that's just one. So you go three, four, seven, eight, ten, what have you. It's like you realize there's no point. I do believe I read a stat a while back, and I'm going to have to try to find the article because I don't know if I'm going to be able to because it's been a while since I saw that that a traditional NFL season could take as many as three years off of a person's life. You're and correct. that's just the NFL player, when you compare it to the average human being, life expectancy is decreased 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's only one year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of players are in there six, seven, eight years. Godspeed, Luke Keekley. Thank I mean, you for being smart enough to know when it was your time. The the the, ba- re- the big question I have real quick um, before we move on. I mean, we've heard the conspiracy theories long enough and everything. But it's a legitimate question. How long before either A, the talent pool dries up? Or the NFL is forced through whatever means to change the game uh, fr- on a fundamental level. 
Well, I think that's what kind of what Eric was talking about with the A- A11, about taking the – correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't uh, A7 – wasn't that flag football? No. The A7FL completely helmetless, full – or no pads, but full contact. The AFFL is the flag football. So you're telling me that it's basically rugby, but with football rules. It's pretty much rugby sevens, but with the forward pass. Mm, not yes and no. If you go online to the website, think seven on seven football, but yes, there's actual contact, and it's not strictly about pass. <laughs> See, the thing about it is, though, is you see sports like rugby, you see sports like Australian rules football, and you don't see nearly the amount of marquee injuries in those sports because players learn to protect themselves better with full contact. We've had this conversation on the show before, and I don't think we have time to get into it again. We can during the offseason if you guys want to. I think the the two things, real quick, the, the two things that differentiate American football from any other type of football throughout the world that makes the injuries so much more prevalent are two things. One is the forward pass because the ball hanging up in the air and you being focused on that instead of focused on a defender coming at you makes the likelihood of injuries much more uh, inevitable. But also, I think a bigger thing is the fact that they wear so much protection. Conversely, on an ironic level, it makes injuries more likely because as a result of having all that padding on, a lot of players feel invulnerable. So as a result, you get these massive hits. Mm-hmm. See, I'm going to disagree with the first part. I'm going to agree with the second. And the Same. reason I'm going to and the reason I'm going to disagree with the forward pass thing is because that's no different than like a drop kick in in uh, Australian rules. Oh, yes. that's true. That's yeah. true. They tweak their rules so that way you would have fewer concussions even than you did 15 years ago. But the game's still the same, and some of that's just still a little bit brutal, but in a good way. Because what's going to end up happening there is you're going to have guys jumping up for the ball at the same times, and heads inevitably collide. It's soccer theory there. Shit happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say that I do agree as far as the padding thing, though, and that it makes them feel more invincible than what they truly are. And we're seeing more and more of that on a more and more consistent basis. All right, let's move on. Before we do so, speaking of retirements, a quick shout out, if you guys don't mind. As you guys know, okay. as you guys know, Doc uh, I'm on. well, that's unfortunate. Go back to mute. Jason. <laughs> yeah, me anyway. <laughs> um, in addition to Luke Keekley, one of my personal favorite linebackers has called it a career as well. And the man who is at least partially defensively responsible for Buffalo being in the playoffs two out of the last three seasons, Lorenzo Alexander. Thank you. Enjoy your retirement, sir. We'll miss you in Buffalo. Let's move on, shall we? Yep. Yep. All right, so... No, let's hang around. <laughs> I want to hang around here. I'm going... I'm going to call... I'm going to call this segment Testing Your Honesty. Okay. Did you say testies? Okay. Yes. <laughs> we're te- we're testies your honesty. No, seriously, no. All right, so as you know, 
how we were not able to do a show last week for the divisional round of the NFL postseason. However, I will be straight up honest with you guys. I made my picks against the spread for each of the four games, and I will reveal them right now. I want you guys to do me to do me a favor and give me your picks against the spread for these games as well. But be honest. Okay. Will you Don't give just, us a spread? I can tell you what the spread was for the game, and then you can tell me your honest opinion, what you yeah. would have thought going into that game. Okay. For example. Oh, I, oh I, I'm already on I'm record. Bad. I mean, <laughs> look, my, I, I've already been on record with my picks. Hashtag Gambler's Crew. Yeah. Um, I really shit the bed on one of them. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I know I, know I sh- I know I shit the bed on one of them at least. Correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. Did you or did you not in the group chat take Minnesota plus seven? Yeah, I did. Fuck you, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> All right, I mean, come on, it was Kirk Cousins. How did you not foresee that? Um, Dalvin Cook defense. I picked the under. You kind of saw where I was going. <sighs> One of these days I'll get this sentence out. <laughs> okay. My official predictions were San Francisco minus seven, Tennessee plus ten. I thought Baltimore was going to win, but I thought it was going to be closer. I would take the fact that Tennessee won outright. I appreciate it. Houston minus t- uh, or plus ten. Yeah, about that. Seattle plus four and a half. Yeah, about that, too. Because guess what the line on that game was when I originally made the prediction, Eric? Five. Five. Fuckers. (laughs) No, I was so pissed off because I literally said... After that happened, and a very lovely lady, Rhea V, who happened to be a Seahawks fan, I told her this. If only that gum-chewing fucker hadn't gone for two, (laughs) I would have been happy. (laughs) All right, Eric, what were your official predictions for the divisional round? Minnesota plus seven. Fuckers. Kansas City. Now, at the time of the spread, it was different books, but... I even gave myself wiggle room, uh, minus nine and a half and minus ten. Seattle plus four and a half. And I did pick Tennessee to cover plus nine and a half. I did not anticipate them winning either, but hey. We'll take it, right? Exactly. I mean, I was the only one that stepped up and had them winning outright against New England, so there were a lot of very beautiful women in my ties on that island. You know how easy access a grass skirt can be under the right stances? I, I will say that I took Tennessee against the spread, therefore it worked out for me pretty well last week on our last show, too. <laughs> um, Jason, your official predictions on the actual lines given, what would they have been? San Francisco, uh, seven against Minnesota. I I, I would have took. I was taking San Francisco. I think. I uh, I think that that defense was legit. I thought I was actually thinking maybe a ten point victory. Uh, I thought Minnesota would have kept it close, but I think I thought it would be it would have came down to the fourth quarter, and San Francisco iced it with a. A field goal. 
Uh, I, I would have took Baltimore uh, outright. I mean, I thought Baltimore would run away with that game. I would have took Houston and the points, uh, and I took I would have took Seattle and the points. All right, so you would have went officially one and three, but honestly, yes. I appreciate it. Brandon, same question. Um, for Minnesota, San Francisco, I would have taken San Francisco. I wouldn't have trusted Minnesota whatsoever. Uh, Titans, Ravens, I would have taken the Ravens. I would have. I thought that they were gonna just destroy Tennessee. Oh, I'll be the first person to say that once New England got beaten in the wild card weekend, I thought Baltimore was for sure the favorites in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee, Kansas City, what was the line on that one? Ten. Ten? Yeah, I would have taken ten, or I would have taken Houston on, on that one. I thought that game was going to be much closer, and it looked like it was going to be a lot closer, uh, to start off the game before, uh, Kansas City ran away with it. And then the, what was the line for Seattle, Seattle Green Bay? Green Bay, originally it was five. It ended at four and a half. Mm. I think I probably would have taken Green Bay because I would have thought that it would have been a close. I thought it would have been a close game, but I think it probably would have been a touchdown victory, which it almost was. I actually not only did I take Green, uh, Seattle against the spread in that game, I believe they were the uh, the one team that I had actually winning outright on the road this week. Same. After a wild card weekend, I, I had Seattle winning outright as well. After a wild card weekend, where three out of the four road teams were victorious. Go ahead. I'm waiting for it. I know someone's gonna. <laughs> Again, this clock. 2219. I don't understand. I need to get that fixed. You should. Clearly, you have it set to army time. No, I actually have it set to Mahomes time. But <laughs> it's not it airs. <laughs> okay, if your clock has 51 hours, you have a problem. <laughs> Speaking of which, real quick before we get to our conference championship previews, did you guys see the sign that they had to put up at the Kansas City Stadium on us on Sunday? No, I don't think so. Eric, did you hear about this? No, I didn't. They actually had to post a letter to the fans apologizing because they ran out of touchdown fireworks. Oh yes, I did see about this. Oh wow. Ugh. Yeah, I did see about. I did see that actually. Hey, Houston, suck it! I mean, after going up by twenty-four points, how the hell do you blow that big of a lead? Is that the biggest uh... teams have big leads in the playoffs? Oh, yes, I know. I was gonna. I was gonna say that's not the biggest lead yeah. a Houston team has blown. Yeah, I was. I was about to ask that, and then I remembered the Oilers. And as of right now, Baltimore is remembering the Titans. In the words of Chris Berman, that fateful day, never before had I seen a group of men work so hard for a three-hour bus ride to Pittsburgh. In this case, never before had I seen a group of men work so hard 
to be able to have to work another week. <laughs> so what you're saying is Kansas City could go. Oh, I'm going to get sued. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys ready for some conference championship predictions? Let's do it. Yes, I am. All right, Eric, you no. lead us off. Well, that's unfortunate because we're doing the many. Eric, you lead us off as you usually do. Tennessee is at Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, the early game on Sunday, because apparently fuck the AFC. Although I will admit the NFC matchup is much more delicious. Uh, you remember, these are years where they alternate an odd-numbered NFL year. The AFC goes first. Hence the time of 3.05 p.m. Eastern. So that way, regardless of time zone, the 12 noon kickoff rule would apply. Nevertheless. Kansas City. There's a couple. Go ahead. Eventually, I'll get these predictions out. Kansas City (laughs) is a seven-point favorite at home at Arrowhead against the Tennessee team that has beaten them in Arrowhead once this season already. 35-32 when Mahomes was coming back from injury. However, hashtag Squidbit, when a team has scores over 50 points in a playoff game, do you know their record the following week? And this is dating back to 1995, if I remember correctly. Okay, how many games are we talking Seven. I'm going to say one and six. Jesus Christ, did you look at my notes? (laughs) I was going to say either one and six or two and five, something like that. Yes, one and six. And even when you take that down to 40 points, your winning percentage is right around 350. And against the spread, it's even worse. I'm going to count. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I hate to say that they blew their load a bit too early, but I am pretty sure they blew their load a bit too early. (laughs) Premature celebration. (laughs) Consultant. Mm -hmm. So, Tennessee? Tennessee plus seven. And this is another one where I potentially take the under. And because not just are those teams one and six, They only average under 16 points a game. If you guys don't mind, I'd like to go next because I have a stat to counteract Eric's stat. As long as you don't infringe my gimmick again, you feel free. (laughs) I I promise no no hairy facts. Although, that being said... Did you know that Andy Reid is 8-1 against the Tennessee organization as a head coach in the NFL? I thought that was the other way around. Pretty sure Reed is uh, eight and one to the good. I'm pretty sure that's the other way around. It is. Is it? I might need to look this stat up again. Either way, um, if I remember correctly, uh, that's actually closer to like one and ten. <laughs> Okay, now I'm going to have to look this up, but before I look this up, I'm going to stick to my guns on this prediction, and I'm going to say that 
for as impressive as Derrick Henry has been in this postseason, and for as game managery enough as Ryan Tannehill has been, Kansas City's defense is going to be the marquee difference maker here because I feel like Kansas City's defense has been upgraded enough that they will be ready for Derrick Henry. And if they're ready for Derrick Henry, then Tannehill can't beat them on his own. Kansas City wins, Kansas City covers. And and I was correct. It is the other way around. One and eight. Jesus. That's no bueno. (laughs) I stand by my pick, though. I'm still taking Kansas City. Jason? Um, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I'm betting the under. And I think uh, Derrick Henry is going to be the key to the game, and they're going to grind the ball out, control the clock. And I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans in honor of Robert Foster to go to the Super Bowl. It is the Battle of the Roberts this week, isn't it? Taylor versus Foster. And I did say that this was a team that reminded me a hell of a lot of those 05 Steelers throwing that out there. All right, Brandon, you're up last. Um, Eric, do you know what time it is? Oh, uh, looking over at my other clock here, that's analog. It's looking like it's Mahomes time, but... Yeah, I, I I believe it is Mahomes time. And even though I am saying it is Mahomes time, I have to agree with Harry that I think the big key for this game is going to be that Chiefs defense stuffing Derrick Henry. But either way, I am taking the Chiefs. I'm trying to find more information about this, but I'm not seeing it. All right, I, I I trust Derek though. So either way, I'm going to stand by my prediction. All right, gentlemen, the evening game, the six thirty-five kick, I believe. Six forty. Eh, close enough. Look, Bay, I will lose in five minutes. Thank you very much. Green Bay, thirteen and well, fourteen and three now. At San Francisco, 14-3. and three. Impressive. Jason, or Brandon, last on the uh, AFC game. You go first here on the NFC. Okay, uh, yeah, seven and a half. I have a bad feeling that this number is probably going to drop by the time that this game goes live. But with the number where it is right now, I'm going to have to take the Packers. Both of these teams being at 13-3. and Both of these teams playing very well going into the playoffs. Playing very well in their divisional round games. This one's going to be a close one. I think this is going to be the much closer and more exciting game between the two this weekend. And the official prediction is? Um, hmm. I think I think Aaron Rodgers' uh, experience and the experience of that Packers team is just going to be too much for the 49ers. It's going to be a close game, but I think the Packers are going to be able to pull it out. Jason. Uh, 
I think it's going to be a San Francisco uh, win. I think the key to the game is going to be Debo Samuels. I think that he's going to have a huge game, um, <clears throat> as well as uh, I want to say Kittle has at least 75 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Debo has uh, at least one touchdown. And I think that that one touchdown is going to be the difference of the game. Eric. Aaron Rodgers, after transferring from a junior college, played at the University of California. Did well for himself, but didn't do a lot of winning. Since he's gone to the Packers, anytime he goes out to California, he does well but he doesn't do a lot of winning. All of this talk about him being a California kid and him having a chip on his shoulder for not being drafted by the 49ers, blah, 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 yada, 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 put that away. They don't necessarily have all of the weapons San Francisco does. He's been in that area before, not really favorable. Even though... I picked in our midseason show Green Bay against Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Half of that, I really feel, will come true because I'm picking the Niners here. Wait, what are you talking about? You picked against the Chiefs as well, so you're picking both of your teams that you originally picked. Really, Tennessee against the spread particularly, yes. But I would not be surprised if Kansas City wins. Oh, I okay. don't trust Tennessee enough to win outright and to beat their fourth consecutive division champion in a row. I said this team reminded me a lot of those 05 Steelers that had the toughest schedule, a possible schedule, and won as a sixth seed. Even the Packers. One is a six seed in 2010. I'm not seeing it here. They're keeping it close. They're going to grind. But let's face it. You said yourself, at the end, it's going to be Mahomes' time. Yep. Uh, I hate having to give Eric credit. I really do. But... Eric's midseason prediction when he did his updated prediction for the Super Bowl was Kansas City, San Francisco, and I think it comes to pass. No, it was Kansas City, Green Bay. That's why I said half of it could come to pass. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Then I, I don't give Eric credit. Brandon gives you credit because he picked Kansas City and Green Bay. I'm going to pick San Francisco. I think that San Francisco is younger. They're hungrier. And they are a team that still has something to prove, despite the fact that they went 13-3 and this year and clinched home field in the entire NFC postseason. The reason I say that is because for all of the talk that Jimmy Garoppolo was the heir apparent in New England, this right here, this night, this Sunday night, January 19th, will be Garoppolo's opportunity to show everybody in New England that decided that Brady was worth keeping and Garoppolo could be gotten rid of, that they made the biggest mistake in franchise history. There is a chip 
on Garoppolo's shoulder the size of Boston. And he is out to prove it in this postseason. Matt Breda, Matt Breda has been Mr. Do Everything for the 49ers as, as a running back. George Kittle, I don't think it can be argued at this point, is the best tight end in the NFL. He just got to be healthy because he's dealing with an ankle injury. That's going to be huge in the coming days. And an underrated San Francisco defense will carry the 49ers 21-13. Niners win. Niners cover. Boy, the Niners just hope and pray that D. Ford stays onside. (laughs) Yeah, really. Now, do you think that having Brady get knocked out of the playoffs so early, do you think it would have been even more motivation for Garoppolo if there was the potential of him playing Brady head-to-head in the Super Bowl? Or do you think this is Garoppolo basically saying, screw you guys, this is what you could have had now that Brady's on the on his last legs. I'm no, going to say both. Yeah, especially since Brady went to Robert Kraft and pretty much engineered everything. Bill Belichick is probably still going to have a smile on his face because he knew and he pretty much orchestrated by virtue of calling nobody else and is saying, Okay, you pompous, arrogant ass. You wanted it. You got it. Let's see what happens. So, yeah. How, how likely do you think it is that? Him. How likely do you think it is that Belichick goes after Garoppolo once his uh, contract is up? How likely do we think uh, it is honestly, that Belichick leaves New England this year? Yeah, maybe. I yeah. mean, crazier things have happened. Yeah, there's a lot of weird full circle things that have gone on in my head that one of them is sadly no longer possible. But boy, it would have been the most delicious storyline in the NFL really for the next couple of years. I mean, realistically speaking, the NFL would have been drooling at the ratings potential for New England versus San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Oh, ad rates would have been like, oh, wait, no. No, we said five million for a thirty-second ad. We really meant seven. That was a typo. You <laughs> damn computers! I, it, <laughs> See what happened was is we had too much porn on our hard drive, so we ended up accidentally hitting the wrong key. Exactly. I mean, you can only do so many things with one hand. One hand was on the keyboard. The other hand was on my mouse. Hey. This is how it works. <laughs> Jesus. For the record, folks, not one family show for me tonight. You know why? Because this wasn't a family show. No. I will be back to my normal family showing ways next week. We will break down the AFC and NFC championship game. We will discuss the requiem for a season for our respective teams. Brandon and Jason will obviously work together for theirs. Eric will discuss Jacksonville. I will discuss Buffalo. In addition, we will, if you guys want to, we can discuss a requiem for a college football season as well. Brandon will sit that one out. Jason can discuss West Virginia. I'll take uh, Florida, Penn State. Eric can have Miami. I, I could theoretically uh, 
begin uh my my fandom of my new team next week and talk about their season. I mean, if you want to talk about a bunch of cocks, Brandon, that's entirely up to you. We'll see. <laughs> hey, Eric. Yes. That was definitely not family show friendly. <laughs> of course not. Look, all these times that you tried going and not saying family show, I had to let it go at least once in every, just about every episode, even at the very end. But you knew damn well you weren't going to say it tonight. Now, we kind of told people what to expect going into this episode, and realistically, it should have been done before the division of playoffs. All right, to give you guys a quick heads up as to what happens here, we were actually planning on doing a show on Wednesday night of last week. However, I found myself in the emergency room with a very high ankle sprain that has kept me off of my feet, more or less, literally, for the better part of the last week. I'm just now starting to feel more normal. I'm just now starting to be able to put weight back on my foot again, which is nice. I'm just now able to sit for an extended period of time without having to keep my foot elevated. Therefore, I can keep microphone below chest level and actually able for you guys to hear me. Therefore, we are back today, and we will be back next week as well. Jason, where can people find you online? I don't want nobody finding me online. Fuck everybody. You know, he is the big E of this podcast, Brandon. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Because Big E's the same way. I don't need your likes. I don't oh, need I, I know. your follows. But if they were to look for you online, where would they find you? Probably not, because I think he deleted it. Yeah. Well, no, I'm back on Twitter. I, I've, I've joined another fantasy football league, so... I'm on there doing fantasy football stuff since we don't have a W2M fantasy football podcast to go over. Uh, but I will. I'm going to drop some knowledge. Um, first week of February, yeah, there's going to be a uh, an episode zero dropping. I, I feel that that'd be a good time to drop the episode zero introductory to, to the Black Irish podcast. What do you think, Eric? I'd be down with it. I mean, XFL preview, I could get into more of my shenanigans that I'm setting up. I could still go ahead, get some booze in advance. I have time to prepare. And where would people be able to find the Black Irish podcast? Uh, Actually, the Rattle Gym Broadcasting Network is now merging with W2M. And you can find us right here on the W2M Network. It's not going to be for the faint of heart. We're definitely going to have to start putting an explicit label on both that and the kickoff going forward, I feel. Wait a minute. You haven't been putting explicit labels on these? No. Well, that explains stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No sponsors for us. Well, look, hey, not necessarily. I mean, I am gaining (laughs) more connections. I, uh, right. I knew that was coming. Vinny shirt, Pornhub backpack. I can extol the wonders of Spunk Lube. I mean, I got potential sponsors for days. Well, Eric, next thing I you know, to... we're going to be shelling Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> you got myself and Brandon with that one, Jason. Well done. Um, 
For the record, as I have stated many times on this show, I cannot be bought. I can, however, be rented. Braden, where can people find you online? They can find me online at Bisco underscore Gotham SN on Twitter. And uh, if you're into some basketball, if you're into high school basketball, uh, be sure to tune into all of the North Merrill Beach Chiefs action on SHN Sports on YouTube. Uh, I believe the better way to phrase that is if you're into prep sports. Yes. There you go. Eric, where can people find you online? As long as you didn't say if you're into kids, we're we're good. (laughs) This is not a Jerry Sandusky situation. See, I can take shots at myself, too. Eric, where can people find you online? Oh, at Squid Sports Head, if, if you want to talk all of like the normal stuff, any kind of weird, quirky sports moments or any kind of like sports gambling, I have a wide array of experience. And you better be paying attention because this is the only time I am going to actually mention the name of this account. If you so dare. If you were willing to go through the vetting and screening process. At Super Viewer, you have been warned. And I, I, I also, along with my presence here on the W2M Network, owe some very good news. Soccer to the Max will be returning in the near future. Uh, one host down, but maybe that's for the better. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll get a host that you know can go live from Niagara Falls. <laughs> he already said no. Something about the water conditions and all this and that, and not having wasn't the time. talking about him. <laughs> well, he would be the one we're replacing, but yes. It will be, instead of two men and a a rather very knowledgeable lady, it'll just be me and her. (laughs) I think we lost Harry. Oh, good. So this means I can go ahead and do my shout-outs. Please tell me we're still going. No, you can't. (laughs) You can't. Still here. Technically, you know, I do watch soccer. Well, but do you watch women's soccer? Uh, Team USA. What about the NWSL? That's still a thing? Yes, it's still a thing, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I think I just they pissed just off Rachel. Had their day for crying out loud. <laughs> I think I just pissed off Rachel with that one statement. That's still a thing? You can listen to... <laughs> Soccer to the Max with Eric Watkins and Rachel McCrieger. Mm-hmm. I, I pronounced it correctly. I think I might have gotten her back. All right. Anyway, coming soon here to the WTOM Network. I'd like to do a Monday Night War podcast, but fuck if I can find someone to do it with me. <laughs> I I know, you know, people finding people that's reliable on this network. Is, right? Is tens of- Jesus. Tends to tends to be be a vetting process and very it, difficult. It's weird. I mean, the, all this valuable gold mines, women's soccer, fantasy football, uh, Monday Night War. It, it just, oh. 
ATB the Eagle on Twitter. Admittedly, I barely use it, but you'll find me there occasionally. Harry Broadhurst on Facebook. By all means, feel free. Shoot me a message. I'll talk sports. I'll talk wrestling. I'll talk women's soccer national team. But fuck if you're going to get me to watch a game in the NWSL. (laughs) In addition, we'll be dropping some show news going forward in a couple of weeks as well. Because a decision has to be made about what we discussed off air before, gentlemen. We need to decide if we're going to do that or if we're going to go back into hiatus mode. More information about that to forthcome because it's a conversation we still need to have. For now, Eric, I'm doing this one time and one time only. Shout out away. And Eric's call drops. Eric laughs. Eric's call drops right as I say that. I think I shocked <laughs> him into leaving. Oh my god. He's, he's he, back. Okay. Eric. Yes. I will repeat this once in one time only, and I will allow this once in one time only. Plug away. Andrea Frisk on Periscope and Instagram, A-N-D-R-E-A-F-R-I-S-K, a lovely Andrea, greetings, and a special shout out for tonight, allmylinks.com slash Gibson 420 allmylinks.com slash SavvySecrets, S-A-V-Y-S-E-C-R-E-T-S, if all goes well, stay tuned. <laughs> And if it doesn't go well, should will they just not stay tuned? <laughs> oh, they'll stay tuned, but it'll be for completely different reasons. All I'm going to say is we have some very good ideas when it comes to these delicious 7-Eleven watermelon candies. Okay. All right, you just lobbed that one to me. Why is the black man talking about watermelon? <laughs> the views and opinions of Jason Teasley. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I was just making a generalized observation to the fact that Eric, Eric was playing into a stereotype. Look, it wasn't me. More importantly, Look. why couldn't the candies be grape? Everybody knows that grape is superior to watermelon. Watermelon, oh, no. candies, watermelon candies are flavored better. That's just like watermelon juice. Not to mention Sasha in particular, she knows what's going on and We've had discussions. <laughs> More information to that. Tune into the Black Irish because tonight was a one-time only pass, Eric. Hey, somebody's got a 69 sometimes. Everybody wins. Anybody else ready to wrap this up? <laughs> I, I think Eric has to finish this one off. <laughs> hey. hey. Eric's Let been known to finish a lot of guys off. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Funny. I mean, uh, you weren't saying that the other time in the bathroom, Jason. <laughs> oh, hey, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean you, as a black man, you know how to work at cocoa butter. <laughs> yeah. 
for Eric Watkins, Jason Cheesley, Brandon Bishoping, and myself, Harry Broaders. You have been listening to the kickoff, you poor bastards, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms for now, <laughs> including Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, CastBox. Um, I'm forgetting one, but it really doesn't matter at this point because we're probably getting <laughs> thrown off of it anyway. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Eric's black. <laughs> I, I was going to say the floor is yours, Eric. Well, well, hey, I mean, yeah, Mark Lamping's always a dick, but even I can forgive him tonight. Besides, Massa couldn't let me make water anywhere else. <laughs> We're standing right there. <laughs> we'll get back to our roots. <coughs> show next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week here on the kickoff on the W2M Network.